So what time uh, do we wrap up here? 10 o'clock. Well, good morning. Thanks for uh, having us here. Um, been looking forward to this. Um, so I want to uh, introduce uh, myself uh, this morning by giving some background, but also wanna, want you guys to know who my family is. I think we've got, are they all here? Boys are in Sunday school, that's right. All right, so we've got, uh, hey, why don't you stand up, kids? Maybe you guys have met them, because we've been here, and you know, they mill about, and they talk, but uh, why don't you guys uh, say your name real loudly and say how old you are. All right, good job, guys. Thank you. So, uh, and also, I know we've got some here that are uh, going with the church plant or, or considering going with the church plant. If that's you, could I have you guys stand right now? Maybe you'll know. There we go. A small sampling, but a good sampling. Thanks, guys. So you guys can... Uh, they're hoping, uh, especially the ones that are from Grace visiting, they want this uh, day to be a time where they can meet as many of you as possible uh, because we want to have this partnership, and that partnership will be well served by just knowing each other. So if you have the chance, uh, look for them and, and uh, meet them. So there's uh, three different items that I want to share with you as I present to you this church plant. Uh, first, I want to talk about uh, me uh, really how the Lord brought me to this place, to this point where I'm leading a church plant. Um, and then uh, secondly, I want to talk to you about uh, the plan for the church plant, what it will look like. And a lot of that, some of that is laid out on that flyer, hopefully you got when you came in. Uh, do you guys have that flyer? It's got uh, two different uh, QR codes on it. Do you have that one? All right. And then uh, lastly, I want to make some humble appeals to you. Uh, my brothers and sisters. Uh, and then I'm hoping to leave some time for questions. If you have questions uh, about things, that would be great. So first, how the Lord brought me to this place. And really, I just want to testify of God's grace uh, at work in my life. Um, it seems uh, appropriate that I share a bit about myself, uh, you know, including the Lord's work to bring me to this point, because of the role that I'm playing in the church plant. Uh, the Lord had me grow up in a northern suburb of Detroit, uh, he gave me loving, godly parents and awesome sisters, one of them. Uh, you know her, Rebecca Walker is my sister. Uh, we have another sister, Gail, she's in Georgia. And then uh, eventually the Lord uh, gave us a brother, uh, Michael, who lives in North Carolina. Uh, so it was a Christian family, uh, and I was saved when I was uh, very young in God's providence. Uh, my dad was transferred from Detroit to Knoxville. Uh, when I was in high school, and so I went to Farragut High School for two years uh, back in uh, early 90s, or I don't know, early 90s, my wife says, she confirms. Um, and uh, it was here in Knoxville that the Lord used my youth pastors, especially one in particular, to disciple me and to mentor me. 
Uh, I followed him. I did everything with him. And uh, it was through that experience that the Lord gave me a, a strong desire for pastoral ministry. Uh, I had only at that time a fear of crowds, and so I was thinking youth ministry, so I didn't have to speak in front of a crowd, but the Lord uh, did a great work in me to remove that fear, and that's a fun story to tell, but not enough time to tell it now. Um, but I just looked at those guys, those youth pastors, and I thought, this is incredible. They get paid to, to do this. And uh, I, I learned uh, for those couple years down in Knoxville, going to Farragut High School, I learned to share the gospel uh, with, with people, all kinds of people at school, neighbors, whatever. Uh, I learned to disciple, I learned to lead, I learned to organize, and I learned a great love for the church. So that was a really critical two years. We moved back to Michigan, and uh, uh, I, was, uh, I had a voracious appetite for reading. And uh, I remember reading John MacArthur's book, The Gospel According to Jesus, and I was just blown away uh, and so excited to proclaim this gospel, uh, which it seemed uh, was so often distorted. I read uh, another book by John MacArthur. I read a lot of other others besides John MacArthur, but uh, those two books really stand out to me. The, the second one is The Master's Plan for the Church. And there's an appendix in the back on eldership. It just describes what the Bible says about elders, about pastors, and how there's supposed to be a plurality of them that work together, that lead the church, that take responsibility for the decisions in the church, and that really shepherd the people, not just figureheads or managers. And, and I read that, and I was just, I was blown away. I thought, why have I never seen this before? And uh, so that was when the Lord really was starting to grow in me a desire for planting a church. I, I, I said to myself, one day I want to go and, and plant a church, and we're just going to follow the Bible. Just whatever the Bible says, we're going to do it. It doesn't matter if we've seen it before. It doesn't matter if it follows, if it's contrary to all the traditions. We're just going to follow the Bible. Um, so I had that desire way back then. Well, I went to uh, Bob Jones University uh, after I graduated from high school, where I, I got a degree in biblical counseling. And that, that was a critical time for me. The Lord taught me a lot. Uh, he had me sort through many doctrinal and philosophical matters pertaining to separatist fundamentalism. Uh, if you know anything about Bob Jones, you know that they have been separatist fundamentalist. Uh, there's a lot of changes happening there now from what I hear. But uh, the, the degree in counseling was, was uh, the Lord used that really to equip me and give me a confidence in the scriptures for counseling people and an excitement for it. Uh, after college, I went back to Michigan to Detroit Baptist Theological Seminary for a partial year before I transferred to the Master's Seminary. And uh, at the Master's Seminary, I, I, did, I finished a Master of Divinity degree and uh, at the same time was working on a Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling. I did about half of that and then FedEx caused a problem. I was working for FedEx at the time. I was a driver uh, delivering, picking up packages, and they were paying for they had been paying for the Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling, tuition reimbursement. But at some point, they suddenly realized this is biblical counseling. There's no way we're going to pay for that. And so they left me holding the last bill, and so I couldn't finish the program. Also, while I was out there uh, at Master's Seminary and uh, going to Grace Community Church where John MacArthur pastors, uh, that's where I met my wife, Tiffany. Uh, she had uh, grown up in Fresno, California, had come down to the Master's College, now the Master's University, and she uh, got a degree in Bible or missions uh, at, uh, at Master's. 
And then uh, when she graduated, instead of going back home, she stayed because she loved the church and loved the teaching and wanted to serve there. And she was also praying that God would give her a pastor to marry. And uh, the Lord answered that uh, prayer. And so we found each other uh, providentially in a small group Bible study of about 50 people. We met, started dating. We were married 10 months later. And uh, we were there for, I think, a couple more years. And then I graduated. And we moved way out to New Hampshire. And we were in New Hampshire for 20 years, uh, up until about a year ago uh, in New Hampshire. The first seven years, uh, I, first, I went to this church, uh, the first church we were at, was there for seven years, and went there because the people were so hungry for the scriptures, and we were, that's unusual for New England. They were hungry for the scriptures. They wanted uh, another, uh, they already had one pastor on staff. They wanted another one because they wanted more teaching, more ministry. They wanted to expand. And it was a small church of like 110 people. Uh, so we went out there, and uh, it was exciting. It was hard. It was uh, rural ministry. We were used to big cities, Detroit, Knoxville, L.A., Fresno, and we went to a small little town, really small. Uh, the, the, the church itself was in a town of uh, 1,500 people. Uh, we were about 20 minute, 15 to 20 minutes south of Dartmouth College, if you're familiar with the Ivy League school, Dartmouth. Uh, but uh, the Lord, the Lord uh, blessed our ministry there. I was working with Brian Sayers, uh, another Master Seminary grad who had gotten out there, who was out there a couple years ahead of me. And he was a bit older than me. I learned much from him. I learned much with him. Uh, it was there I led the youth ministry. Uh, my, I was tasked with the responsibility to, de to develop and implement a plan for home fellowships and train up leaders, shepherds of those small group home fellowships. Uh, I did half of the counseling in the church, split it with Brian, and then I preached 20% of Sunday mornings. But as time went on, over my seven years there, my role changed a bit. Eventually, I was doing most of the preaching, uh, and uh, instead of leading the youth ministry, I was leading the children's ministry. And so the Lord was, was really stretching me and growing me and developing me for those seven years. Uh, after those seven years, the church took a financial hit uh, when the economy was struggling. That was back in 2008 or 2009. And we had negative cash flow. Uh, and so, why well, as elders, we were looking at the numbers. We said, well, one of us has got to go. Um, and we, we, we all agreed it was, it was best for me to go. Uh, but before I could really pursue too many other churches that were looking for pastors, we were encouraged by some folks to plant a church an hour south. And initially, it seemed absolutely crazy to plant a church uh, when you have negative cash flow. Uh, and... Uh, you know, with no planning and no preparation. But the Lord made surprising and abundant provision. Uh, people had been driving up a long distance to come to the church, uh, coming from the south, uh, many of them driving about an hour, uh, because they, they liked the expository preaching. Uh, they, they appreciated the biblical counseling the, and the philosophy of ministry that led to training up people to counsel and training up people to, to teach, training up pastors uh, they, they liked the complementarianism, the, the, the biblical roles of men and women. Uh, they liked uh, that uh, we preach the sovereignty of God and salvation whenever we came to it in the text. We wouldn't shy away from that or minimize that in order to please other people uh, that might not like that. Uh, they liked that we practiced church discipline according to Matthew 18. 
and that there was a, there was a, a holiness, uh, a practical holiness in the church because we really loved one another and admonished one another and encouraged one another and built each other up. And so they were driving all this way, and uh, we thought, man, there's so many of these folks, and some of them have decided not to be a part because it was so far to go, but they really wished they could. Well, we found them. The Lord connected us to them, and, and uh, we talked to them about the church plant. They said, yeah, if you guys are planting a church, we are all in. We want to see this happen. We would love to see this. And so uh, we started meeting on Sunday evenings with a core group of 35 people, uh, including all the kids, and we launched in fall of 2009. And the Lord really blessed that ministry over those next 13 or so years. Many were saved and baptized and discipled in the church. The Lord grew the church to uh, 150 or, or more. Many teachers were trained up. Uh, the Lord even allowed us to, to fully train up a couple from within our congregation uh, as full-time missionaries. And our church was a sending church. We sent them to Croatia, where they're, they're there now. Uh, he, he trains up pastors uh, and is involved in, in church planting. Um, but then the Lord moved us out of there. Uh, that was about a year ago, and that was, uh, without a doubt, the most painful experience of my life and of for all of us, for all of our family. Uh, in May of 2022, I resigned as pastor there. And the following Sunday, my fellow uh, three elders publicly confessed to betraying me and to not following scripture. Uh, and one of them resigned, but the two others stayed on as elders knowing it would mean that I would have to leave. Um, I had, always, I had always intended to shepherd my flock, to shepherd that flock there until I went to glory. I, I fully intended to die there. Um, but the Lord had a different plan. Um, not much was explained in their confession, and so people were really confused. They, didn't, they had no idea what had been going on. But I've never felt that it was, it's right for me to expound on the nature um, of the sin of my brothers. And so um, and so everyone was confused. And so we were largely uh, cut off from um, the people that we have loved for so long. Um, Leaving them has been excruciating uh, for all of us. It was crushing. The Lord crushed us. And I, and I say it that way, thinking of Romans 5, uh, 3 and 4, where Paul says, we rejoice in our sufferings. Uh, rejoice is joyfully boast. It's a word for boast combined with the idea of joy. We joyfully boast in our sufferings. Why? Knowing that suffering, the word for suffering is word for tribulation, for the pressure, that crushing pressure. Knowing that there's something at work, God is accomplishing something. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And so the Lord, over the last 
year has, has taught us so much. He has refined our faith and he has increased our confidence and our joy in him. And, and before you all, I want to praise, I want to praise him for, for being kind to us, for being faithful. And so we, we moved uh, down to Tennessee. We moved in with my parents in Oak Ridge. Um, they have a house space large enough to hold us. And it was the only option we knew of. And we moved down here and we started attending Grace Community. We attended Grace Community. I, I knew Chris Reiser from seminary. When I was back in seminary, uh, he and I co-led a home fellowship during that time. And we taught through First Thessalonians together. And so uh, it was uh, really a great blessing to be able to come back and go to Grace. And I began meeting with Chris every week. And as I was doing that, I was setting out resumes to churches all across the country, a little bit outside the country. Um, and I was having interviews with them. And I was uh, looking at going to churches that at first seemed to be, it seemed as though they were really on the same page doctrinally, theologically, philosophically. But then uh, it oftentimes turned out to be otherwise. And Chris and I were trying to discern whether or not it was, it was wise to, to go and pursue these things. And I brought up the idea of church planting with them. We started to talk about that. Uh, they had planted uh, Crossway Bible Church years ago, and they wanted to plant another church, uh, one in North Knoxville, uh, but they didn't have anyone, to, anyone ready to lead it. Well, it seemed to us that the Lord had, had really prepared me to do just that. I've always loved church planting. Uh, I, didn't implant, I didn't intend to ever go on to be a church planter and to keep planting more churches. Um, I've loved church planting, but I, I always wanted to, to, I just wanted to plant one church planting church and to keep planting more churches and keep training up other people and to keep sending them out to plant churches in our near vicinity, but even further than that, even involved globally, right, in that effort. Um, I thought I'd always be sending others, not going myself. Um, so, but here I am, and I do love church planting. I think it's important. Um, I'm very excited about the like-mindedness that I have with, with uh, Grace, with the elders at Grace, with the elders at, at Crossway Bible Church, your, your own shepherds. Um, I love Knoxville. Having lived here for a couple years, I, I've seen so much of that cultural Christianity where there's oftentimes, so often, no true submission to the Lordship of Jesus. There's no clear, faithful proclamation of the gospel so often. There's not that. Uh, and I see people who are craving a, a healthy church with these things. The same things that people were driving an hour north to in New Hampshire to get. I see that people everywhere crave that because the Lord produces, he puts in their hearts this desire for his word and desire for holiness and a desire for, to be in a church that follows his word faithfully. They desire those things and I, and I see that the Lord is, is putting, putting that in people's hearts 
in Knoxville, and, and many of them drive a long distance to come to, to, to go to a church uh, to have that. Um, and, you know, planting a church is, is challenging. Uh, but in God's providence, I've done it. Uh, I know the Lord has much to teach me. And there's, there's always curveballs that he throws that are just perfect. Uh, but yet the Lord has, in a sense, trained me already to do this just by experience. And, and so I'm just amazed at God's providence in bringing us here to this place and, and uh, giving us this opportunity. And I can't tell you how thankful I am to be, to be a part of what God is doing here in Knoxville. After meetings with the elders at, at Grace, multiple ones, and even meeting with the elders at Crossway Bible, we announced in November uh, that we would, we would all seek to plant a church in North Knoxville. Uh, when we announced that to the church family at Grace, uh, there were some things that were stated. We would, we would plant this church, we would launch only after we have at least 10 families that can go. Uh, and at least one additional elder, so we can begin with a plurality of elders. Uh, and we would have an intern, and we would have a place to meet, and then finally a salary, a uh, full salary for me, so that I can give all my attention to that work of church planting. And so here we are. That's me. Uh, now let me say something about the plan for planting the church. Uh, there's, uh, this is really the, re the recruitment phase, uh, so we're, I've been trying to, trying to identify men that can serve as elders, and boy, we, <laughs> I, have, I have worked at this, and I have prayed, and all of us have prayed, and the Lord has, has uh, provided abundantly two, two men uh, that uh, it, just, uh, it just seems uh, perfect, it just seems awesome. Uh, Jim uh, Johnson is one of them. He's here this morning. Uh, probably this is a good time maybe for you to uh, introduce yourself. Can we switch over to this mic? Can I hand it to him? And, all right. Do I have to turn it on? Or is it already on? I can't. Uh, so this is uh, Jim Johnson. Um, he's uh, he's going to come on up. Good. Um, Boy, we, we met like the first week we were both at Grace Community, uh, and we weren't talking about church planting or anything like this, but <laughs> he was an elder at a church in California, Foothill Bible Church in Upland, California, and when I found this out, I was stunned because I, I knew, when I was in seminary, I knew the, the man that was the main teaching pastor at that church. I would have lunch with him every day, and they were... He was leading the church to embrace a, a, a biblical form of church government. And he was, we were talking about how to go about that, how to teach and all this. And, he, and Jim was one of those elders that was brought on. And uh, so he served with this guy that I knew from seminary. Uh, and uh, I found this out. We were at Starbucks talking about it. I came home, told my wife, you'd never believe this. Jim Johnson, he is from Foothill Bible Church in California. I know the main teacher, the main teaching pastor. And, and she says, oh, do do, do Jim and Kathy, do they know Erica? Erica's Tiffany's sister. Do they know Erica and Gilbert? 
right? sister-in-law, brother-in-law. I was like, what? I had totally forgotten that they were a part of that church as well. And uh, so we find out pretty quickly that these guys were like really good friends uh, with, uh, with our family. And so it's just incredible when we sit down and think about how the Lord has ca- uh, caused our paths to intersect. And uh, I, I know that church well, and uh, they, they practice, they have the same philosophy of ministry, the same doctrine. And so it was just... Uh, well, it was a great blessing to have the friendship, but then when we, now we look at church planting, whoa, wow, God is really making provision. So Jim is excited about the church plant, so uh, maybe you can tell him why you are excited about the church plant. Um, well, first of all, uh, <clears throat> I know your air is not working. I'm actually very comfortable right here with the air not working, because I spent 32 years teaching music from fourth grade through college and did hundreds of concerts on stages like this. In my last school, it often wasn't working. So I feel your pain. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I spent lots of time teaching for years and years and then uh, <clears throat> became a Christian when I was 18 years old. Like so many of you, first or second year of college, um, probably somebody you knew or a couple of people you knew are witnessing to you, and that's how I came to be a Christian. And probably like many of you, my path was like that, right? And that's our path. Um, in fact, I would, I'll just admit here, some of my most, most egregious sins were after I became a Christian. And by God's grace, I married up. My bride is here, Kathy. And uh, for, for men who aren't, uh, who aren't so spiritual as, you know, like I was when I was 18, 19, 20, even my early 20s, um, marrying will help fix that because um, you really have to mature. And she helped to mature me. The Lord, through her, matured me. And um, so anyway, uh, spent lots of time in front of people like you in stages like this. So we get to uh, Maryville after I retired from teaching early to escape California and uh, ended up at Grace, lived by there. We, we were going to buy a home. We decided, mm, let's rent first. And then talk about Providence. We ended up at Grace, renting a home. We just started having coffee, as he mentioned. And uh, then this happens. And we're renting. We're free of that responsibility. I don't have to be nailed down to a certain area right now. That's a fit. Talk about Providence and God's grace. And it's just unexplainable, other than he is the one who controls everything. Who do we want at the church? We're excited to plant this church. Who do we want? We want anybody that wants to come. The core team, of course, we want believers. But do you need to be a believer who's ready to lead a Bible study, who's ready to preach, who's ready to do any of these things? No. You need to be perfect? No. None of us are perfect. If we were perfect, we wouldn't need to be doing this. God wouldn't need to work in us like he has to. Right? And so... um, yeah, you don't have to be perfect. We just want people that, that want to be there, that want to help. If you're born again, you have the spirit. You have a gift. You have gifts that can be used anywhere you are. And God will use them if you let him. You don't squash that spirit, grieve the spirit. He will let you use it. And we want to use it at that church. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I know Craig has lots more to say, so I want to give back to him. Anything I missed? I think that's good. Okay, great. I might have more questions for you later, so you'll be around. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. 
So uh, Jim is uh, one of the two men that's preparing for eldership. The other is uh, Tyler Vanderhoeven, and he's been at Grace Community for uh, six plus years, and he's been uh, trained up there. He's gone through the Shepherd's Institute and has a good teaching role there at the church, and so he and his wife are going to either sell their house or uh, they might be renting it out, and they're going to be buying a new house up in North Knoxville uh, and moving up there to help us plant the church. And so both of these men are, uh, I'm, I'm meeting with them every week. Uh, we meet, uh, I meet individually with each, and then all together we have kind of like an elders meeting, even though we're not, we don't have official eldership because the church hasn't officially launched, right? But uh, they're preparing for uh, this uh, ordination that's going to come before launch, and the elders, they're also meeting with the elders uh, from Grace each week uh, to make sure that they really are ready uh, to step into that role, so you can be preparing, praying for them. So we've got these two men preparing for eldership, and then we have uh, 36 people that are officially committed to Gospel Hope to coming with us. We have about 10 others that w- would, we could probably call committed, but maybe not officially because maybe there's another conversation to have. Some of them maybe need to talk to, they all, we have them all if they're part of Grace or part of Cross the Bible to talk with the elders before we call it official. We want to make sure the elders, uh, we want to, well, they're under their care, right? Under their oversight. And so they're seeking their counsel. Uh, and then there's another 20 or so that are, we call them seriously considering uh, coming with us. Uh, we have right now four teens uh, that are among those committed to come, and three of them are mine. Uh, Silas is 19, so we're not really counting him because he's going to be doing college stuff. He's making a transition. It's kind of hard for me to think about that transition, but I'm getting used to it. So three others, uh, and, then, and then there's another. Uh, so we're we are praying for more. It would be difficult to plant a church with, uh, with, a, with that small number of teens, so we're praying for families with teenagers. We're praying for families with more children. I don't know the exact number of the children, uh, but uh, it's near that number. And so we're praying for more children. I know when you guys started across the Bible, you had a lot of children. Wasn't it like 27? 37? 30, yeah, that's, well, I don't know. What word could we use? That's crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Um, we, uh, we have uh, someone to lead our worship, Trey Menard. Uh, he's uh, one, of the, one of the men at Grace Community that helps lead worship, and so he's been trained up for years, and so he's uh, ready and eager to, to take on that more prominent role, uh, really organizing it, and so we're excited about that. I'm praying especially for someone, for some or someone uh, trained in biblical counseling to come. I love, I love counseling. That's one of my favorite parts of pastoral ministry. Um, but I, I need to be careful that I don't get bogged down in it and doing too much of it because there's a lot of work to be done in the church plant. Uh, and so I'm praying specifically for others who have been trained in counseling and are ready to go. Uh, they can come with us. So this is the recruitment phase. Uh, all those things are happening. Um, and right now, we're beginning uh, Gospel Hope Fellowship and Interest Lunches, and that starts next Sunday. And uh, the first one is uh, really uh, for you guys. Uh, next, next Sunday, following the service, following the worship, uh, we've reserved the pavilion. I guess you guys have uh, church picnics there at times, 
or have. Uh, and so we'll meet there, and food is provided. If uh, you are committed with, to coming with the church plant, we invite you to come if you're interested, if you're considering it. Uh, we invite you to come. You can meet those that are going. We're going to have more from Grace Community that will be up here next week. In fact, we're going to come up here uh, as many as possible and be a part of your Sunday school and come uh, and sit in with you for worship just so we can, because we want to establish a partnership with you. We want to know you and we want you to know us. We want to really be able to work together. So as many as possible, we're going to come up and then afterwards is that interest lunch. So if, you're, if you would consider, if you are thinking about uh, becoming a part of Gospel Hope, then you can be a part of that. And, and uh, maybe the elders, I haven't even talked with them about attending, but it would be awesome if uh, they were able to come. Any of those that would consider coming with a church plant, uh, I, we, I would always tell you that's not a decision that I, I, you should make independently by yourself. We encourage you to, to uh, look for, seek out the counsel of your elders because um, they, they've committed a given account for your soul uh, and that's the role that God has them play in your life. So seek them out. Um, seek out their wisdom, uh, their prayer, and, uh, and maybe in the end, the Lord would have you come with us. So we're going to have those Gospel, Hope, Fellowship, and Interest lunches for uh, every Sunday in July. The first one is at this pavilion near here. Uh, the next two after that will be at Grace Community. You all are welcome to come to that. We'll try and postpone the eating so you guys can get down there if you want to come to that. And uh, it'll be a time for you to ask questions, time for you to meet uh, Jim and Tyler more, uh, whatever, you know, all of the above. And um, all the food is provided at all of these lunches. The last two in July are going to be at two homes. We're going to split up the crowd, and you can go to either place. Uh, the Pete and Chris Zanoni, uh, it's a, a family in our church at Grace, and they're going to be hosting a lunch, uh, and they're in uh, West Knoxville. And then there's uh, the Vanderhoevens down in Maryville who are going to open up their home. And so you can come and uh, get to know folks there. So all of that then leads to uh, the core team meetings, which start on August 6th, right at the start of August, and we'll, we'll have these every Sunday evening from 4.30 to 7 or 8 or so, every Sunday evening until we launch. And those meetings, that's for those that are committed to coming with the church plant. So we're urging people who are considering, think about the start of this, these core team meetings and try to come to a decision before then. And... Uh, we're going to study the purpose of the church, the mission, our priorities, our core values, our distinctives. And you can see those listed on that flyer that, that, I, that you received when you came. The core values are listed. The distinctives are listed. Uh, those core meetings are also a time for fellowship together because this is, we're talking about people. Some of them won't know each other, and we're trying to get to know each other, to, to gel together as a family. Uh, so we'll have opportunities to love one another and encourage one another, and we'll share our testimonies of God's grace in our life and it's also a time of equipping. We want to train people for specific ministries, children's ministry and um, youth ministry and college ministry and, and, and all, all sorts of things. And so uh, we'll be equipping and uh, that'll all happen, start happening August 6th. Uh, other, other than that, between now and then, uh, we are working at finding a building and getting it ready, uh, whatever that may look like. Um, getting equipment, getting things in place, advertising, uh, and uh, doing outreach, passing out flyers, uh, having other uh, events that would uh, allow us to tell folks about the church plant. And 
So that's the plan, overall plan for the church plant. And now I want to make some appeals to you, okay? And I want to do that from Romans 15. You guys have your Bibles? Sounds like you do. Awesome. Romans 15. If you could turn to Romans 15. Uh, So the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Rome. He desired to go to Spain. Uh, He had fulfilled his ministry, his gospel ministry uh, in the east and and wanted to go further to a place that had never had a, a... a church planted, as that's where his heart was, in church planting. So he wanted to go out to Spain, but he uh, wanted the church at Rome to be uh, kind of a sending church for him. And he desired to go to them and have them then send him uh, further to, to Spain. And so he makes some appeals to them, and that's really what the, the letter of Romans is all about. And so in Romans chapter 15, verse 24, he gets to this real personal part of his letter. After talking about the doctrine of all the doctrines of the gospel, he says in verse 24, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. Uh, At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. And now jump down to verse 28. When therefore I have completed this, right, bring the aid to the saints in Jerusalem, and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company." And the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So there are three appeals that Paul made to the Romans in which I want to make to you on behalf of the gospel, hope, church, church plant. First, I I humbly request that you would encourage us. And that's really what the Apostle Paul was saying to the church at Rome. I I need your encouragement. I want your encouragement. Uh, Look at verse 24 again. He says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. Before he left, he wanted to spend some time with them and he wanted to enjoy their company. Uh, And he says things similar uh, to this uh, in chapter 1 and verse 11. He says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith both yours and mine. He wanted to be encouraged by them and comforted by them. And he wanted to do that before going to Spain. And then back in Romans 15, there are those two expressions that he uses to talk about the effect that he expects that that will have on him, that encouragement and that mutual encouragement. Uh, We saw the one in verse 24. uh, He talks about it as being enjoying their company. Once I have enjoyed your company for a while, then I will go. Uh, Enjoying your company, that's essentially, or more literally, saying once I have been filled with you for a while, once I have been satisfied with you for a while. So he speaks of himself as as hungry for them. He anticipates that he will partake of their fellowship like a hungry person trying to satisfy his hunger. Have you ever had a hunger for fellowship with someone? A longing for it? For conversation about the most important things in the world? He was longing for that with the Romans. 
mean, this is, this is a guy who was taught by direct revelation uh, by Jesus Christ, yet he wants to be filled with their fellowship. Uh, he has preached for over 20 years. He's an apostle. He had been caught up into the third heaven, he tells us in 2 Corinthians. And yet he felt like he really, really wanted this. He was so hungry for it. He needed this. Um, and then in uh, chapter 15, verse 32, he's got a similar expression. He wants to, if it's God's will, he says, uh, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Refreshed is the idea of, of finding, having found rest or being rejuvenated. A church can have this kind of impact and this kind of ministry where they can provide uh, rejuvenation and, and rest and refreshment. And so, uh, so I want to exhort you, if, if some of the saints, some of your brothers and sisters from Crossway Bible Church are going with the church plant, I want to encourage you to deliberately have the ministry of encouraging them. Uh, all those interactions that you have with them on their way being sent out, is they, they are significant. Um, don't be, try, try not to use language like talking about how uh, you're being stolen away from us or they're stealing you from us. Uh, don't think of it that way. Tell them that you'll miss them, but tell them about how you're excited that they're going. Uh, find out what might be hard for them, what challenges that they may be facing. The best encouragement that you can offer is that which is done after gathering information. Um, after they are sent out, keep in contact with them and encourage them because you'll know them at first. You'll know them better than others where they're at. And so you are already positioned by the Lord to be able to have a ministry of encouragement to them. Uh, many of you know what it was like in the early days planting Crossway Bible Church uh, to be a part of a church plant when there's small numbers. Uh, when, when, when there's small numbers and then some people bail. And that's hard. That's hard for people in a church plant. Uh, sometimes you get in the church plant and the, the personalities don't always mesh very easily at first. And even after a good amount of work. And then you can maybe have those thoughts, oh man, what have we done? We've uprooted ourselves and now we're here. And so the ministry of encouragement is an important one. Those are always the challenges of planting a church. And so deliberately have this ministry of encouragement. Um, and maybe that you're able to attend Gospel Hope after we launch. We haven't figured out a plan for this. It may not even happen. Uh, but we may have a rotation where people from, some from Cross the Bible Church, some from Grace, uh, attend on Sunday mornings in a rotation um, in order to help with numbers at the beginning, but also to keep the churches in sync and, uh, and uh, maintain that partnership. And people can come back here and, and report on how things are going. Uh, if you were to do that, don't do that without talking with your leaders, with your shepherds, okay? Uh, don't, don't just say, hey, this Sunday, let's just go to Gospel Hope. No, don't, don't be that kind of a church member. Be faithful. Be committed to your church. Follow your, your shepherds. Uh, and uh, if, if we go along and we decide to do this plan, then, then you know, be in communication with your elders about that. And, but that, that may be 
and, and other things like that, participating in other outreaches we have may be an opportunity for you to encourage others. Um, okay, so that's my first request. I humbly request that you would seek to have a ministry of encouragement to us. Uh, second, I humbly request that you would send us forth to plant Gospel Hope Church. Send us forth. Uh, that's the language Paul uses again in verse 24. Look there. He says, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain and to be helped on my journey there by you. To be helped on my journey there by you. The word for helped uh, is the word propempo. Uh, it's a word for send and then with a prefix that means forth. To send forth. Uh, to, so it means that you're, it's talking about getting behind someone and supporting them and then sending them. It's, it's a, really a kind of a key term in terms of uh, in, uh, sending others to go and do, to plant churches, uh, to do gospel ministry. Uh, it's used in Titus 3.13. I'll give you a couple other occasions. Titus 3.13, uh, Paul says, Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. Uh, and that word speed is the word propempo. Send them forth and see that they lack nothing. Third uh, John 5 through 8, Apostle John says, Beloved, if it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you would do well to send them on their journey. That's that word propempo. You would do well to propempo them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. So the word propempo is used to speak of helping a person to get to that destination uh, so that it's successful. They're there successfully, uh, doing whatever is necessary and whatever you're able to do to make that journey successful for them. So in some cases, they would escort the person there to make sure that they were safe. Uh, and it also involved giving of supplies. They would give financially. They would, they would send helpers sometimes, send other people along with them to make sure they got there, to make sure that they're that their goals were accomplished. Um, so my encouragement to you is when others, if others, if and when others are sent out from Crossway Bible Church, don't just let them go. Get behind them, support them, and send them. Have that mindset. Have that attitude. Let that be reflected in your conversation with them and your conversation with others. We're sending them. Um, but you're sending, we, we're, I'm, I'm appealing to you to send all of us. So maybe you have skills or abilities that you could use to help with the church plan, even though you don't go. And there's some way you know, hey, I, I, I had this resource. This could help. Brainstorm like that. Some holy brainstorming. Uh, driven by ambition for the gospel. Uh, you may have ideas. I love ideas. Ideas for advertising, for outreach events, for materials that can be used. Uh, just don't let your feelings get hurt if we don't use your ideas. Uh, but share those ideas. That's, that's part of helping us to, to be sent out. You may be able to help with outreach events, maybe help with contacting people that you know in North Knoxville are looking for a church. I brought some cards for you to pass out. You can find them on that, by that front table uh, at the entrance or exit. Um, you can pick up some of those and carry them in your wallet, your pocket, or your purse, or whatever, and hand those out when, when you meet people that may be interested. Uh, you may find out practical needs that we have and then spread the word to others who may be able to meet those practical needs. Maybe you can't, but you can, you can help us network and we team together. So 
That's my second humble request, that you would send us forth to plant the church. And then lastly, I humbly request that you would pray for us. Um, It's not last because it's not important. (laughs) Paul says in verse 30, Romans 15, 30, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. Strive together. Uh, Hudson Taylor spoke to Jonathan Goforth, who was going into China. And he said, the older, experienced missionary said to Jonathan Goforth, he said, brother, if you would enter that province, you must go forward on your knees. If you want to get in there, you have, you've got to go forward on your knees. This is how Paul felt about, about all of his ministry. If I'm going to be successful, I have to have people supporting me in prayer. We must go forward on our knees. And this is an apostle, studied the scriptures for so long, so experienced, but he knows that he is nothing unless God does something through him. He can't accomplish anything unless God works through him. And so he's begging the Romans to pray. And Jesus said, I will build my church, right, in Matthew 16. Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, there are some that plant, some that water, but it's God who causes the growth. And we believe that. We don't really plant churches. It's God who plants the church. He's the one who breathes life into the church and and, and makes it a thing. We depend on God to work in us and to work through us. Paul says, he appeals to them to strive together. It's the word agonizomai. It means to engage in conflict. He's saying, we're fighting for this. Would you join together in fighting for this? Would you fight for this in your prayers? Would you agonize over this? And so Paul asks for prayer. And he's not looking for a formal or half-hearted prayer, but for a wholehearted involvement. He's calling for earnest prayers. Prayers out of desperation, longing for God's will to be done, longing for the Lord Jesus Christ to be glorified. And so I, I, I humbly appeal to you to, to strive together in your prayers for us. Uh, Lord willing, we'll have prayer guides. I, I produce those every week. That's my intention. Uh, Lord willing, we'll have those provided for you each week. You can, and you can take one with you and pray for us throughout the, the week, each day. There's suggestions to guide you in your prayers. Uh, we encourage you to come to the prayer meeting for Gospel Hopefuls. Uh, that's meeting starting in July. It's meeting the first Friday of every month. You can find information on the website, gospelhopenox.com. And especially pray for those people that are sent out from Crossway Bible Church. You know them. You know them. So you come around in prayer. It's 10.02. There's no time for questions. But I'll be around. And uh, uh, I'd love to answer your questions, and you've seen others that have, uh, that, that stood at the, at the beginning, and they're, I'm sure, happy to answer any questions you may have. Uh, thank you for this time. Let me uh, pray. Lord, we thank you for your, your undeserved favor towards us in Christ. Thank you for showing us mercy. Uh, Thank you for giving us the gifts, those twin gifts of repentance and faith. 
reliance on Jesus Christ. Thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And you've called us now to take the message. The message isn't just for us to enjoy. You gave us the message to proclaim it. And so we are debtors to the world. And so make us zealous to proclaim your gospel. It's a gospel that we proclaim not first and foremost for the welfare of mankind, but it's, it's something that we do first and foremost for your glory. Because Jesus Christ, you are our Lord and you are the King. And you deserve uh, uh, worship. And so help us to proclaim the gospel for your sake. But it is also for the sake of lost people. So many, when I think about North Knoxville, yeah, there are many churches, there are many people that, uh, that you have brought to salvation, Lord, but there are so many that still have never heard the true gospel proclaimed to them. And they will perish in their sins. unless they hear the true gospel and embrace it. And so I pray that you would make us passionate to rescue lost people by telling them the truth, the gospel truth. Lord, what a great work it is to plant a church. It's too great for us. Lord, my experience, my learning really means nothing. Whatever we have by way of abilities and skills, it's nothing. We need you, Lord, to work through us. Make us humble people, people broken over our sin, joyful in Jesus Christ. Uh, Make us uh, glad servants. And use us, Lord, for your glory. Save many people. Build your church. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.